Hey y'all, welcome back to God's Air the Podcast. My name is Alexis. I'm the host of this podcast, and we are back with another episode. This episode is titled Faith Activates God's Promises, y'all. Now, this episode is dear to my heart, and I'm gonna tell y'all why. Okay, so whenever we get on this podcast, you're probably gonna always hear me talk about how God speaks to me, He gives me revelation, and He allows me to look back in hindsight and see how what he promised in one season is now coming to fruition, just basically bringing it all together. And the reason why I do that is because I want to give you guys tangible evidence and actual real life experiences on how I'm going through this process. Because I know a lot of times people like to glorify when they're at the top of the mountain or when everything looks peachy and stuff, but they don't really tell you the journey. They don't tell you about the parts where, you know, you did have to go through some type of trials and testing in the process of becoming right we're talking remember the last episode was talking about the process of becoming now here's the thing y'all faith activates god's promises is not technically new it's about what like three years old god actually gave me this word back in 2019 if you actually square uh scroll on the heirs of god page you will actually see a post that said faith activate god's promises now what i did not know was at the time that god was giving me a kingdom key to possessing all that he has set aside for me while prophetically speaking to this very moment where i would not have to pay it for by releasing the word he placed in my spirit for this specific time see i believe that this is a timely word i believe that this is a word that's going to literally shift your mindset and begin to allow you to see who god really created you to be which just blows my mind because the pillars of God's air is to repossess your true identity, to step into heirship, which is your purpose, and to claim your kingdom inheritance, right? Which is the promises of God. So, y'all, without further ado, I want to make sure that we set the atmosphere and honor God because without him, none of this would be possible. Without him, we wouldn't have a need for faith. So we're going to start this episode right and we're going to pray into this episode. Okay. So Lord, spirit of the living God, we thank you for being great. We thank you for all your excellence, Father God. We thank you for being our rock and our solid foundation. Lord, I want to personally thank you for being a God that remains consistent through the times and never wavers in your character. You never waver in your word or your promises. Lord, this moment is not for my glory, but for yours. Speak to your speak to your children through me, Lord and have your way in Jesus name I pray amen so we are talking about Abraham y'all we're talking about Abraham and Abraham story starts in Genesis 12 right so I'm going to give you guys the background context the ghetto version okay so let me tell y'all what happened so in Genesis 12 1 through 4 off the rip y'all God has an encounter with Abraham and what he tells Abraham is yo leave your native country your relatives your fathers and go to the land I will show you now the land he was referring to was the land of Canaan right but then he proceeds to tell Abraham that I will make you to a great nation right meaning that his family line is going to be blessed he said I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others I will bless those who bless you and curse who treat you with contempt all the families of earth earth will be blessed through you pause God literally showed him and told Abraham, get your stuff. It's time to move because I'm about to do some crazy things in your life, okay? But in order for you to get these things, you're going to have to depart where you currently are and move towards what you can't see yet. So in the breath that God called Abraham, he released a promise, okay? He entered a covenant with Abraham, which is also why it's referred to the Abrahamic Abrahamic covenant. Now, what do I mean by covenant, right? What God basically essentially did was he entered into a law-abiding contract, right? 
that's seated in heaven, but it is sealed and backed and guaranteed by his word. Remember, God is not a liar. His word cannot return to him void. So what he's saying is, hey, I'm declaring this word. And once I've said it, it has to be established. And if we take it back to Genesis 1, we see it happen over and over and over where God hovered over the earth. And as God began to decree things that he began to speak, whatever he spoke was established on earth. So here it is now we're in Genesis 12. He's having an encounter with Abraham and he is now doing what he does best, right? Doing what he does best and creating. He's doing what he does best and declaring and decreeing because he understands the power that he carries. That once he releases a word out of his mouth, there is nothing. And when I say nothing, there is nothing that can stop it from coming to pass. Now, I'm about to give y'all another gem and how God brought me to God's air because I really thought about giving y'all an episode with God's air, like the full revelation of it. But I feel like I would do y'all an injustice. I want y'all to get the picture. I want y'all to get the revelation just as how I got it. We're going to flip over to the New Testament, right? Because I know somebody's going to be like, well, how does that apply to me? This is Abraham Old Testament. Let me give y'all the word. I'm going to give y'all the word. My back is by scripture. Okay, so you ain't got to question me. Okay, take it up with God if you want to. Galatians 3.29, this is the NLT version. It says, and now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. That's the NLT version. The NASB 1995 version says, and if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's descendants, heirs according to the promise. Y'all know that TikTok is like, hold up. Wait a minute. Wait. Yeah, that's how I was when God began to reveal this to me. Okay. So when I begin to talk to my friends and my family and I say, I'm God's heir, sometimes there are people that just look at me like, oh, okay, and it may come off arrogant. No, 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 no. I'm really God's heir because God is literally telling me that if I belong to, if I belong to Christ, that I'm a true child of Abraham, that my lineage comes from Abraham. And because I am connected to Abraham, I am heirs according to the promise that he declared to Abraham. What does this mean? What am I trying to tell you right now? The promises that God made to Abraham was that he would make him into a great nation. That means his family would be great. His lineage would be great. He said, I will bless you. I will make you famous. You will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. Y'all, if you're living below this promise right now, if this promise is not coming into fruition into your life right now, this word is for you because gone are the days where we live in the ghetto, okay? Gone are the days where I'm being, I'm not being blessed, okay? Where I'm living under a curse, where people that are connected to me are not being in position to actually have more. Gone are the days. It's time that we stand in agreement with the promises that God has already issued. By being an heir of um, God, by being an heir according to the promise, do you now understand that the promise that God gave to Abraham can now basically be, another, um, be right, revised and applied to you? But this is what we do. We go before God and we're like, God, I want to be a millionaire. God, I want a better job. God, I want a, I want a house. God, if you will do this. God, if you will do that. You, you're, you're begging and pleading for things that's already been given to you. But you're using the wrong word. You're using words that are not backed by scripture, so to say, to try to get God to give you something. When God is literally saying, hey, I already made provisions for this, right? And I hear your prayer. But I need you to bring me back into remembrance. I can't think of the scripture, but it literally says that God says to bring me back in remembrance. He says to, you know, jog my memory. What did I say again? You pray the word. You pray his word back to him. But when you go before God, you keep on praying these little mundane um, prayers where it's like, give me this, give me that. What you're really doing is placing a limitation on God. 
So you're believing God to be a millionaire and God may want you to be a billionaire. You're believing that on God to give you a better job when God may have placed a business inside of you where God wants to make you a, a corporation, where God wants you to top of the, um, at the top of the Forbes list, but you want a better job. You want to continue to work for somebody. Oh, you want a house? I'm trying to give you a whole community. What are you talking about? So you're really robbing yourself because you're so fixed on these things that you're praying to the point that you're limiting God, you're um, limiting what he can do, and you're praying amiss. So here, uh, I'm going to be real with y'all. I don't necessarily pray for these things anymore. What I do is check myself first. I sweep my house. And when I mean my house, I'm talking about my body. I check myself. Do I believe in Christ? Yes. Have I give praise to God, which is Thanksgiving? Yes. And if I haven't, I'm going to. Have I repented? Because you know we're not perfect. We're all flawed. But God says when you confess your sins, that he literally blots them out of his mind. He don't remember them anymore. Have I forgiven other people? Because the spirit of unforgiving will allow bitter roots to come in. So let me make sure I forgive these people and bless them, okay? Because I don't want no dirt in my hands. I don't want anything to come in the way of stopping for what God has for me, right? And then I go before my father, right? Because he also identifies himself as Abba, which is translated to father. And I say, Lord, or Abba, whichever way you want to use, according to Genesis 12, Verses 1-4, you declare a promise, you enter the covenant with Abraham. But here it is in the New Testament, you said that if I believed in Christ, your son, that I am a true child of Abraham, and I am heirs according to this promise. So by your word, that means that you said that I would too be a great nation, that you would bless me, that you would make me famous, that I would be a blessing into others, that I will, that you would bless those that bless me and curse those that curse, curse me. I am now standing and exercising my legal right as an heir, right, as his child by bringing back his word to him. Now, I know somebody's saying in this moment, well, how come I don't see this happening in my life? Well, if it was that easy, why aren't we all um, blessed? Why aren't we all thriving? Okay, okay, let's go back to the word. Because the next sentence tells us that Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed, right, and Lot went with him. So what actually happened was Abraham had an encounter with the Lord, right? He was called and he was given a promise in that very moment. What he did when he left God's presence was go and get his stuff. Okay. He went to pack his stuff and he dipped. He dipped. Now, when you do further research on the word, what it actually says is that he took Sarai, which was his wife, Lot, who was his cousin, and his herdsmen, um, his shepherds, and um, I'm, I'm forgetting another one. His livestock and the people that had he had under his household. Sorry, y'all. So that means that everything that was really close to him, that he was responsible over, he took it and he left. Now, here's what we like to do. We like to get a word from God, right? I'm going to get in y'all business. I'm going to get in y'all business. We like to get a word from God. And instead of responding with action, this is what we do. We go and seek validation from our friends and family. Girl, God gave me a word about this, that, and third, and blah, blah, blah. He just promised me this, that, and third. Okay, where's the action? Because while you're doing all the talking, you could have been taking action. You're seeking validation on a spiritual matter from earthly people that don't even have the wisdom to really speak on the matter. They're not even filled with the spirit to be able to say, oh, yes, this is true. And this is how you're going to. They can't really give you nothing. They wasn't even in the room when it was just you and God speaking. Abraham did not depart. The word does not say that Abraham departed and he went to the town hall. He went to his friends and his cousins and stuff and was like, this is what God just told me. No, Abraham got a word from God and immediately he took action and he went and got his stuff and he dipped he left 
he departed from his native country. And what God began to show me was that in order for you to receive the promise, right, you got to be okay with leaving behind your present, which has to now become your past in order for you to step your future. And what the problem is, is some of you guys want to basically live in all three. You can't. Because time continues to move forward. So as God begins to pour into you, as he begins to give you insight, as he begins to give you a nudge in a certain direction, you got to be okay with leaving everything behind. So yeah, you got to leave that place of comfort. Yeah, you have to leave your hometown where you grew up. Yeah, you got to leave those childhood friends. Yeah, you have to leave that job that you would thought that you was going to be at because they gave you good business. You got to leave it behind because God has more for you that's in your future. But until you're able to break up with your present and your past, you won't be able to receive the promise. So when we look at the scripture, we see that Abraham didn't just have faith by running his mouth. He actually took action and he left, which is also backed by scripture. Hold on. Let me get the scripture for y'all. That's in the book of James 2.17. It says in the same way, faith by itself is not accompanied by action. It is dead, which means faith alone cannot stand by itself. If your faith is not producing fruits, if your faith is not faith does not follow up with an action, it's dead. If something is dead, it no longer has value. It's no longer use. Um, it has a uh, has use. It's useless. So what Abraham began to model out for us was that, hey, this is how God wants us to live our life with him. He wants us to be in relationship to receive a word. But once we receive that word, God does not want us to go and seek the opinions of others. He does not want us to be validated by man. He wants us to trust and stand 10 toes down, flat footed, put weight on it. What he says and begin to move in action. Your faith is not going to be proved by running your mouth. And I'm going to say how I feel it. Your faith is not going to be proved by running your mouth. I had a very big problem just last year where I used to like to talk, 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 talk. This is what God showed me. This is what God showed me. And I had the faith y'all, but I was so busy running my mouth that there was never any action that followed through with it. So what had to take place where I had to begin to pull myself out of certain situations. And it's not because I didn't want to hang out with my friends. It's not because I didn't want to sit on the phone and talk all day. It's not because I didn't want to be outside or anything like that. I just understood that, hey, I am carrying anointing. An anointing that's not really just for me, but for people that are around me. And in order for me to possess the same promise that he's given to Abraham, I'm going to have to get out of the mindset of running my mouth and put my face down, put my head down and get to work. I got to put my pen to paper. I got to get back in my word so I can get the revelation and extract the strategy. I got to step into who God is calling me to be so that I can be able to move forward so that my lineage will be great so I can be that blessing unto others so that I can make sure that when you hear my name that you're hearing good things but like I said a lot of us like to go back and consult everybody else when the only person we should be consulting is God hmm hmm I'm, I'm gonna just pause right there because I know I'm talking it may feel like I'm talking at you, but what I want you to really understand is that God is not a God that's going to let you fail. And I know that there's a person listening to this episode right now that has tried to step out on faith. That's tried that business idea. That's thought about moving from home. That's thought about, you know, showing up in whatever capacity that God has called you to show up in. But you're bound by your fear because you failed. You can't live in your failure. You can't live in your fear. Because as long as you spend time there, the more time that you spend there, you get comfortable there. You stop moving. And once you stop moving, you get settled. And, you know, this just came back to me. 
before Abraham is called, I thought it was very interesting that his father, and I think his name is Terah. It says Terah, uh, let me give y'all the verse. Hold on one second. It's uh, Genesis eleven thirty one. It says, one day Terah took his son Abraham, his daughter-in-law Sarai, and his grandson Lot, and moved away from Ur. He was headed for the land of Canaan. This is the same land that God is telling Abraham to go to. His father was headed for the land of Canaan, but they stopped at Haran, Haran and settled there. And it says that Terah lived there for 25 years. And I began to wonder, why did he stop? If you are heading to the land of Canaan, that means that this land has always been the promised land. It's not as if like, oh, it just became the promised land when God said to Abraham, no, this land was already the promise. You were headed to the promised land, but he stopped and he settled. What I'm trying to get y'all to understand is that if you stay in a place of fear, if you stay in your failure, if you stay in this, you know, pessimistic mindset where you basically count the cost, you're doubtful, you're not sure if it's really coming from God, you are going to stop in the place where God did not um, actually stop in and miss out on your promise. I'm going to move on. Next thing that we have an issue with, right? Is we need confirmation. We need confirmation. We need confirmation. And y'all, I'm not coming at y'all because I used to do this as well. And I still do from time to time. Where I'm like, Lord, if this is you, confirm it. Lord, if this is you, give me a dream of vision so I can know it's you. Lord, if this is you, let let a blue bird fly across my window. Whatever the case might be. Like the craziest things we pray for. Like we're asking for confirmation. The reality of it is we're not sure that it's God. And what this tells me is, hey... You need a deeper relationship with God. You need to understand how God speaks to you, right? Which means you need to be more in his presence. You need to soak more in his presence. But at the same time, it shows what little faith we have. For me this season, now I tweeted this on God's Air um, Twitter page. I said, it's 365 days of radical obedience. I don't care how crazy it sounds. I don't know how, I don't care how crazy it makes me look. I don't care how uncomfortable it makes me feel. I'm doing it by faith. I'm doing it by faith because I understand that as long as I keep moving forward, that God's going to be right there with me. And this is the same mindset that you're going to have to adopt, um, adopt in order to receive whatever God has promised to you. Like I don't be in the room with y'all know what God has placed on your heart or what God is speaking to this um, season. But what I do know is going to be contingent on your faith and your action. But let's go ahead and continue, y'all. So what I love about the scripture as it unfolds is that. Abraham had to leave a place that he was familiar with to go to a new place, right? Which means he had to journey. And I could only imagine this journey by foot. Because remember, they ain't got no cars, y'all. They got cattle and horses and all this other type of stuff. So they're taking this journey by foot. The things that they had to encounter, the things they had to to face. But as you read on through the scripture, it literally says that God would appear to Abraham at different points and give him direction. That God will begin, like, will speak as he's journeying. The thing about it is that God gives us a glimpse of the vision, the glimpse of the promise, right? He doesn't give us every detail. But we get so focused and stuck on the beginning stage of the starting point that we never move, not realizing that God honors our steps. In order for God to have continued to reveal himself to Abraham, 
Abraham had to keep moving. Abraham had to keep putting one step in front of the other, right? He had to keep moving in the direction of the promise in order for God to continue to speak to him. And in order for God to continue to show up, whether he faced troubles, whether he was lacking, whatever the case might be, he had to continue to move. So if Abraham had to continue to move, what makes you think that you ain't got to move? When you begin to move, God's going to honor your steps. When you begin to move, God's going to reveal and unfold his plan even more. He's going to provide greater detail. But instead, we're still asking God, what's next, Lord? We're trying to plan out five years. And God's saying, hey, I just told you to start. I need you just to start. I need you just to get your stuff and start moving towards the promise. And as you move towards the promise, I will begin to reveal more. I will begin to actually give you more direction. But unless you start, we ain't got nowhere to go. There is no destination without you moving. There is no destination without you leaving the starting line. And I got to take a moment to say this and break it down how I feel it. When I went back to this word, y'all, it's been three years and I actually went to Barnes & Noble to prepare for this episode. I kept hearing pioneer faith. Pioneer faith, pioneer faith. And I wrestled with name of this episode, pioneer faith or faith activate God's promises. But I went back to what God originally gave me. But what I did do was go and look up the word pioneer. Because I like doing this thing where I look up the meaning of words and the synonyms attached to the words and like, you know, the Hebrew and the Greek meaning. And what I found was that the synonyms of pioneer was trailblazer, spearhead, and trendsetter. I feel prophetically, and I feel like the reason why God led off the season with this episode is because God is looking for those that want to trailblaze. God is looking for those to spearhead a new movement. God is looking for a trendsetter that will go out into the world and set new trends, trends that align with his kingdom versus following the trends set by the world. So I don't know who I'm talking to, y'all. I really don't know who I'm talking to. My job was just to release the word. But again, Galatians 3.29 tells us if you belong to Christ, you are a true child of Abraham. You are his heirs and God's promises to Abraham belongs to you. If you can receive the promises of God, that means you're also called by God. You've been called. And you may not be in a space where you can just turn around and say, I'm going to just do as Abraham did and leave. Okay. But this is where God's grace and mercy comes in. This is where God's compassion and him being a good father. He understands that. And what he showed me was that, you know, he gave me a practical example. When my son began to walk, right, he didn't just stand up and start walking. He went from crawling to standing to walking and then full out running, okay? What he was doing through that process was basically testing his legs, right, to see if it could actually sustain his body weight, if it could actually do what it was supposed to do. So he began to crawl. Then one day he got bold and was like, I'm going to stand, but I'm going to fall again because I'm not really used to this. But then once he got standing right, he took the initiative to make a step. By faith, y'all. He took initiative to make a step. And he fell again. He probably fell about 15 times. But then eventually he got the steps right. And once he started walking, he began to run. But what never changed throughout that process is that I was always present. I was always present encouraging him. Cheering him on, telling him, you got it, Papa, or holding his hands, trying to help him get comfortable with taking these steps. And once he began to walk, once he began to run, I could let him go because I didn't have to worry about him going backwards. You have been called and you may not be at a place where you can just start walking and run, like I said before, but start crawling. Start crawling in faith. 
Start trying to stand because God is right there beside you, right there cheering you on, right there encouraging you because he understands where you're starting at. But all he needs is your faith and your willingness to try, your willingness to take action and move forward towards your future and what he has aside for you and your family and those connected to y'all. I enjoyed this episode so much, y'all. I got to go back and listen to myself because I know that it's going to be more revelation that comes through it. It's because that's how God works. So I hope you guys have a wonderful day. I hope this episode blessed you guys. Make sure to give me feedback and subscribe to the podcast and leave a review, okay? Leave a review if you feel led to, and I will catch up with y'all next week. Toodles!